Hello and welcome to Real Talk, Real Women. Today, we welcome Svenja Krauer from South Africa. Svenja is an alchemist of change, a mom, a creator of the powerfully healing Dahirana process, as well as Nia teacher, facilitator of cacao and conduit for women navigating transformation. She feels her heart expand when she witnesses others stepping into their authentic power and healing. Her own personal transformation over the last 10 years has encouraged her to hold space for others to do the same as she effortlessly weaves her project management skills and deep understanding of authentically being in the body together. Welcome, Svenja. Thank you so much Thank for you. being here. Thank so, you for having me. Let's get started with in, in a very short overview of your life story. What have been the few big events that molded you in the person you are today? Like in a five minutes version, I know it's super hard to say <laughs> that, but I mean, just so that our audience feels that they know you. Mm. So I, I grew up in a tiny little town in Namibia called Vintuk, and I remember always feeling that I didn't quite fit in. Uh, I felt that I needed to get out as quickly as I could, which I did when I finished my trek and, um, and I decided to go and travel, and that really, it really gave me an opportunity to step into just being free it was the first time that I'd really experienced a deep level of freedom and authenticity I suppose responsibility I was working and looking after children and being responsible for others and then I moved to Cape Town I was born in Cape Town even though I grew up in Namibia and I moved to Cape Town and um, and I was I was 20 two years old when I met my ex-husband and got married and I retrospectively I suppose I was really young to have settled down and got married and then and then it turned out that I was married to a narcissist um, and my nine years of being with him were were challenging and I became a shell of the person that I was before. I, um, I lost my confidence. I, I really just became subservient and, um, and lost a lot, of the, a lot of the innate fire that I think I've always had in me. And, um, and 12 years ago, I stepped out of the marriage. And I think that that was definitely one of the biggest events wow. that I've had. Yeah. Um, and in that year, so in the space of a year, I was pregnant with my, my second child when I asked for the divorce. So I was three months pregnant. I asked for the divorce. I, we had a business together, we had a home together, we had everything that was very combined and joined, so we needed to pick that apart and dismantle that, so I felt like I was dismantling every aspect of my life, and I had a baby, and then my father died really suddenly in front of me, mm. um, so that all took place in the space of a year, um, and I think that... And this year was two thousand. This was in 2000 and gosh, now I need, it was in 2010, 2011. Yes. All right. 
Wow, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's and lot. since then I have really found myself stepping more and more back into the person that I was before, rediscovering, rediscovering this authentic person uh, and and noticing how I respond to life when I set healthy boundaries, when I have open, honest communication with those in my life. And, uh, and then the last big event was my mom dying quite suddenly last year. Oh. Uh, so just on a year ago. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've navigated quite a lot of, quite a lot of loss and quite mm-hmm. a lot of grief. I suppose that's a lot yeah that's a lot but I think there is something that happened during all this time I mean it's it's a long and short time at the same time it's a, it's a compressed uh, um, amount of important events especially in 2010-11 that mm-hmm. had to totally shatter everything you believed about life about yeah. love about yourself about family about everything about business about yeah. everything what has been that shift while at three months pregnant of your second child it's like oh my gosh i i break it that's that's over yeah what happened I'm sorry to ask you know, sometimes. It's hot. No, it's good. It's good. And it's good for me to navigate this as well. It's good for me to, to remember because yes. so much has happened subsequently. For but sure. I think it's really good for me to acknowledge and remember where I was, mm-hmm. you know, compared to where I am now. So I remember, I remember feeling trapped. Mm-hmm. I remember feeling deeply deeply unhappy unheard unseen I felt that I wasn't doing anything for myself everything that I was doing was to keep him happy because being a narcissist it's all is about him right Mm -hmm. and so I was I was working in our business. I was taking care of our child. I was pregnant with our child. And on top of that, he was unfaithful. So so I think for me, the ultimate straw that broke the camel's back was when I was three months pregnant and he cheated on me again. And I found out and I just had this epiphany that it was never going to change. He was never going to change. I was going to be... 20 years down the line with not having much much option in terms of making changes in my life and nothing will have changed. He would still be unfaithful. He would still be disrespecting me. He would still be dishonoring me. And what would I have had to show for my life, you know, other than raising my children? And I just wasn't prepared to do that anymore. And I wasn't prepared to have my kids believe that that is normal mm-hmm. because that type of dishonoring, disrespecting relationship is not normal. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my children to step into those types of relationships. Mm-hmm. I want my children to see that there is a different way of being and that relationships, healthy relationships are rooted in trust and love and open and honest communication and respect totally yeah totally thank you for stepping up for your child for your children sorry 
and to really show them, no, this is not normal. And what year was your first child born? In 2006. Okay. So she just turned 16 the other day. Mm-hmm. Okay, 2006, first child. Yeah. So your first child is like four or five years old when you say, okay, we have to stop that. She was four. Yeah, she was four. She was four. That's yeah. over. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So once you have turned your life around, rebuilt everything, I know from own experience the amount of healing and transformation you go through, the amount of mindset shift you go through, amount of reflecting and 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 restoring your life so that you can live with it. And you have added another layer to that. What is Nia Nia method or Nia technique or something like that? What is that? Yes, I know it's super known. Yeah, definitely Nia was one of the one of the most important aspects of my healing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I was five months pregnant. By now I'd separated and I was living on my own. And a friend came around for dinner and she said, oh, I can't stay late because tomorrow morning I'm going to Nia. And I said, oh, what's Nia? And she said, oh, come play, come, come join us. It's all about dancing and movement and being in your body. And I've always loved dancing and I've always loved music. So I thought, yeah, okay, well, I'm five months pregnant. Do you think that I can go? And she said, yes, come, come. We'll check the teacher. I'm sure it'll be okay. And it was the best decision that I ever made. It was such a beautiful experience for me to become present in my body and I really realized and this is what I work with now with my clients is that we live in a very disconnected state as human beings because we're so cognitive because we think about stuff so much we forget that 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 actually the majority of our neurology lives in our bodies it doesn't live in our brain And so all of our emotions, our intuition, all of it is below the neck, right? And yet, how often do we come into our bodies? We don't. You know, gym and running doesn't actually bring us into our bodies, but feeling. And so I was asked in the near class to sense parts of my body in movement. It was the most strange alien concept for me. And yet I found that by connecting by bringing my mind into my body it allowed me to feel and to shift the emotions so Nia has been a a huge part of my healing and I loved it so much that I did the training and I became a teacher and I'm now a Nia teacher and I get as much healing I get as much healing from being a Nia teacher Mm. as being a Nia student Mm. every class I step into I can feel a shift in my body because I sense something different every time I feel I notice something different every time yeah so movement and and that's also why and and to hear another the modality that I developed it is movement based and it's very much around using our bodies to help shift the stuckness which is what keeps us frozen right so when when we when we experience traumatic experiences and I, I know this from experience that I was frozen. I felt stuck. I felt frozen by the enormity of the feelings. 
you know, whether it was the sadness at having to break up my marriage and hold that for my child, whether it was the grief around my parents dying, there's, there's, this, there's this overwhelm and that overwhelm tends to make us freeze and get stuck. And what movement does is it helps us to unstick that. It helps us to, to loosen it so that we can feel it and then transform it and transmute it. Mm, that sounds truly amazing and awesome. Where can people connect with you and connect with that Tahirana or Nia or something? Because that movement mm. sounds really, really powerful. Mm, it is. So I teach, I teach online Nia classes on Tuesday mornings. Okay. And, uh, and it's lovely because being online, of course, opens us up to the whole world, which we didn't really have before. And I think that that's the big gift that came out of lockdown, you know, for us in the whole world was that we've been connected internationally, rather than just staying to who we can physically get to. Um, oh and to hear and now, so they, they, um, they are sessions that are hold with people online or in person as well. And, uh, and they can just reach out to me. I'm sure that you'll share, you know, Definitely. email addresses or Facebook links. And they're welcome to, yeah, to reach Absolutely. out. Absolutely. So, yes, indeed, in the description below this, uh, this podcast, you have everything available. Right. And I will make sure to, to, to really and also to keep up to date your links. So if later on uh, throughout your life, you change those links or you update, just let me know and I will update them. So awesome. That, whoever listened to it whenever they yes. find the right uh, the right source so amazing today episode is about co-parenting mm -hmm. with a narcissistic after divorce and that is a hard one that is a hard one i know from experience <sighs> sorry <laughs> it has been it has been an incredibly challenging process and journey to navigate i'm not gonna lie I, I have i have cried i have screamed i have felt i think every range of emotion mm -hmm. um and you know the biggest epiphany that i had was that navigating something like this with a narcissist is not like navigating a relationship with somebody who's on a similar level to you you know so so oftentimes when we're in relationship with people that are in a similar we call it wavelengths or levels or similar plane to us then we can understand why they do things the way that they do things or, or, you know, we can adjust our responses, but I realized through going through the stickiness of the challenge that a narcissist is just on a different level, like, like way different level. And so how I would like him to respond how I would like him to respect me, how I would like him to have gentleness and compassion is just not possible. It is really it's just not possible. Impossible. I'm sorry, but it's true. It is truly 
not in their power. The word I came up with to try to describe that is like, is emotionally disabled. Yes, yes, totally. Because they, they cannot, I mean, you are asking someone who cannot feel for you to feel yeah. for you. It's like, yeah. like, it's exactly the same thing. Ask someone without arms to hug you, but really like hold you. Yeah, you, yeah. you're cute. It doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The person can come close, but we never hold you if there is no arms. It yeah. is the same. These emotions for others yeah. are just absent. Yeah, Absolutely. it's really hard, you know, so I, I'm a I'm a deeply compassionate, empathetic person. And I still, Gemma, 12 years down the line, I still find myself just wishing that he would respond differently, you know, just wishing that I can our communication could be gentler, just feeling sad that he doesn't have the ability to to meet me on a different level and then I need to remind myself so it is it's this constant reminding myself mm. that the person that I'm dealing with is not capable as you said you know they don't have arms he's just not capable of meeting me the way that a normal person would be able to meet me and not that I'm not that I'm referring to him as abnormal but his 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 emotional ability exactly as you said his emotional ability is different to mine and and so it it takes it takes reminding myself often and thank goodness I, so I have the most incredible partner in my life now he is the he is the polar opposite of my ex-husband he is supportive and loving and gentle and honest and he's he's really just the most incredible person and I, and I have a lot of my a lot of my growth to thank for him and this holding that he offers me and he reminds me sometimes he says like Svenja you're just not going to you're just not going to get the response from him that you really would like and so I think it just it's this it's this constant journey you know it's not like a switch that you can switch on and off it's uh, especially especially for us that are compassionate and empathetic. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I cannot tell you how much I understand you, like fully, completely, one hundred percent, and more. It's like ah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one last question. Maybe it's last. Maybe not. Yeah, you can have. I, can I just just add something with regards to my children? Yeah, go ahead. And, and the. So initially, when I, when I felt really challenged by the difference in our parenting styles, I felt really frustrated and I felt that I was doing my children a disservice by, by having made the decision to leave him because it was my decision. I chose to leave that relationship. And so I suppose I've always felt this level of responsibility around making that decision. And initially... I felt sad for my children that they were experiencing this almost polarity. And, you know, what happens with the narcissist is that 
is that when, when I make decisions and go one way, so for instance, I believe in homeopathic medication. I don't like allopathic medication. So I like the natural route and I do my best to, we eat healthily and we I, I supplement naturally. And it's almost out of spite that he's gone the polar opposite. And so he is totally for medication, for allopathic. So that's just one example. So I find with different areas of our relationship that just because I've chosen to do things in a certain way, almost out of spite, he's gone the polar opposite. And I really, I really struggled with that initially. And then somebody said to me, I went for a craniosacral therapy session. And she said to me, you know, the gift for your children in having these two different experiences is that they get to sit with seeing both ends of the scale and then they can make a decision for themselves for what works for them and isn't that beautiful that our children have the opportunity to do that whereas if I'd stayed in the relationship I would have found myself going with whatever he wanted to go with Mm -hmm. which means that my children would only have been raised with that. Mm -hmm. But now they have the gift of seeing things from two very different perspectives. They, we, 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 we function differently in the world. We have different types of relationships. Mm -hmm. We have different parenting styles. Mm -hmm. And what a gift is that to the children that they get to experience these two different sides. And so I really, I really nurture that gift now rather than, rather than, um, you know, feel disappointed by it. And I've noticed that my conversations with my children have become around that. And it's, and it's a beautiful to see how empowered they are as human beings now to, to be able to make decisions for themselves. So that is one of the huge gifts that's come out of being in this, in this polarity, parenting in polar styles mm -hmm. yes it is essential and it's true so again one more time thank you for your children and for yourself mm. and for yourself thank you for having found yourself back and thank you for allowing your children to see okay so that is a world from a narcissistic perspective that is a world yes. from a healthy-minded perspective see yes. the difference and then they can make their choice and they can see for themselves and choose for themselves. Exactly. And they experience it in their own life, how it feels like both. Yes. So it is actually very, very, um, it opens their horizon. Yeah. Yeah, totally. My last question for today. I go back to that moment in time three months pregnant, 2010, mm. okay, it's over. Mm. And you are fully, completely depleted, exhausted. You have no self-worth, no self-value, no self-recognition, mm. though you have a light bulb. My gosh, mm. it will never change. Mm. So I have to change. Mm. Even if I do not have anything anymore, and I'm going to lose everything in the process. Mm. It's like, wow, that's a hard decision. And you are pregnant. You are creating a new human being at that moment in time. All right. My question is, where did you find, because you are a compassionate and empathetic person, I heard you. 
yeah. feels unheard, unseen, and 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 everything like unhappy, everything. Mm. How did you get back to life after the shift? How did you breathe back life? Because you need someone to see you. You need this interaction. I don't know if you met your third, uh, second. I mean, I don't remember if it is third or second husband, yes. right? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> For me, it was third. So this is why I'm, I mixed up. Sorry. Okay. No problem. Um, so when you meet your new husband, the good one, the, the loving one, there is a there, there is a, a, a time between the two. And yeah. you told me that two months after leaving, you started with a Nia. Was the Nia the only the, the, the first answer? Just immediately when you feel depleted and you leave and you lose it all, you break it all down. How did you grab love, light, peace again that you crave oh. so much? <laughs> You, you, you didn't. didn't. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. All right. I didn't. I um so so Nia helped me get back into my body, but simultaneous to that, I definitely went through the various stages of grief. I definitely went through the anger and through the denial and mm. all of those, all of those emotions. But when I met my partner, so I met him two and a half years after I'd gotten divorced. Mm. And um, I, I did not, I, I, I knew that he was lovely and we, and we had fun. We used to dance together and we had lots and lots of fun. But the minute I felt it was getting too serious, I put the brakes on and I was like, no, 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 not going there. And I think he, he is just... He's so consistent and he, he was so invested in me that it didn't matter. It didn't matter how wobbly I felt. He just knew that he loved me with everything. And so that's, that, that's all he offered me. There was no, I'm really fortunate. So, so for him, there's no ego. There's no, he doesn't feel hard done by if I say, no, 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 I need some time out. So I was really blessed to have that constant, unwavering love and support. And it, it, it took me a very long time to, to allow myself to melt into being loved. And I remember a few years ago, I said to friends of mine that, I always used to have a belief that we attract relationships to us based on what we believe we deserve. And I think with him, I think he came into my life to show me what I deserved. He came mm. into my life to show me how I deserve to be loved. And we've been together for 10 years now. And, and, and I really, I have, I have felt the, unfolding over the whole 10 years it wasn't a instantaneous allow myself to be loved uh, yeah so it's definitely been a process it's definitely been you know it's, it's almost like a they have the analogy of an onion you know it's peeling those layers away and it's one by one by one you know I 
I took a few steps forward, I stumbled back a few. I took a few more forward, I stumbled back a few. I think, I think it's also just about consistently staying focused on taking those steps forward, regardless of how tiny they are. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it was a millimeter, I just knew that I needed to step forward little bit by little bit. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I, I know it helps. I know your answers help someone. I know it for sure. And I'm so grateful that you are here enough to explain and to bring us, to mentor. You are technically mentoring right now. You are showing the past, how to follow you on your path. Yeah. Because you walked it with mm. all your feelings, all the range of emotion, anger, denial, and everything that went mm. in between, and then discovering love again, mm. like the real love. Mm. The unwavering, constant, fabulous mm. love. The one I have with my yeah. husband, my third, last dream. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> who taught me, who changed the meaning of husband for me. Because I yeah. have two violent ex-husbands. And mm. he changed the meaning of husband, mm. of family, of couple. Mm. I cannot tell you how I freaked out when we considered the possibility to be a couple. Couple? No, I cannot. <laughs> yeah. I totally freaked out. I, yeah. I was really, really afraid mm. because of all the trauma mm. accumulated over the years. Yeah. And then the moment he... I was able to voice to him the reason why I was putting on the break. And as I was able to say, you know what? To me, couple and husband means like, and I listed all the bad things of the narcissistic. (laughs) It means that he is super hard. And then I said, now I would totally consider a love relationship because for me, love means, and I listed all the good Mm. love qualities, the melting into each other, the respect, the the being two and one at the same time. It's it's gorgeous. Mm. And what he told me when I I, I was able to to say it and to, to write it down he said okay you take the word couple and you put it on love relationship because this is what i'm offering you and i was there all right if that is that love i agree couple i don't now if couple means love okay we can talk because the love was fully there reciprocally Mm. so it was okay Mm. but Mm. but the healing had to happen Mm. And how beautiful that we can be held in that space of somebody showing us what love really is mm. and, and understanding that not everybody is capable of offering love in that way, yet not each everybody. of us deserve to be loved mm-hmm. in that way. And that, that's a big thing for me is that mm-hmm. I, I feel really strongly about the fact that every single person, woman and man on this planet deserve be loved in an authentic honest respectful way Mm. authentic honest i love how you say it because it's so true (laughs) authentic honest honest respectful respectful Mm. i think that your core values are authenticity (laughs) honesty and respect and love of course 
Yeah. And open communication. So, so a yes. big thing that I've realized as well is that, is that when I have the space to communicate openly and honestly, when somebody hears me, when somebody sees me, then I'm able to, to work through the big emotions that come up. You know, whereas when you're with somebody who's not seeing you, not hearing you, then you suppress everything. And then, of course, it doesn't actually get suppressed, it just builds and builds and builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How grateful I am that you are with me today, that we have this mm-hmm. conversation and that we help others who are listening and who are just like relating every sentence. It's like so powerful. Mm-hmm. So powerful. Thank you. Thank you for opening the space and thank you for having these conversations to help empower other women. You know, it's so beautiful that we are able to to create these spaces to help others know that they're not alone in -hmm. navigating what they're navigating and that they are going to be okay. And that's the thing, you know. So my my mantra, and I said this at times, I think I said it a million times a day, but my mantra became how it is today is not how it's going to be tomorrow. Oh, interesting. So today feels big and overwhelming and heavy. Tomorrow is not going to feel like that. How it is today is not. Not how it's going to be tomorrow. How it is going to be tomorrow so you say that to yourself every single day especially when it hurts or anytime especially when it hurts okay (laughs) okay yeah and i mean i live through the hurt as well and uh i feel that when it hurts today it still hurts tomorrow and it still hurts the day after until there is a change Yes, but does it hurt as much? So if we really are honest with ourselves, and if it hurts more, that's also okay because remember it's different to yesterday. Uh, okay. So as long as there is, as long as there's change, mm. as long as there's, right. as long as there's flow, as long as there's movement in those feelings, okay, then then they will continue transforming. When there's not change, when there's not flow, then we know that we're stuck. Ah, I see what you mean. Okay. So movement is a feeling mm. is life and no movement is stuck. Okay, yes. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous conversation. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Svenia. Thank you for opening up. Thank you for being truthful and just authentic as you mm. are. I mean, that <laughs> helps. That helps. Yeah. All right. So thank you for being here today. Absolute, complete, infinite blessings to you, your family, your beloved husband. And um, I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Thank you, Gemma. Thank you for the space. Absolutely. Bye for now.